Wrestling Contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Freds. What is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come into the ring and face the very best in the business? Ruthless aggression. What is up, peeps? Welcome to episode 131 of Fretzelmania. I am the slightly under the weather North American treasure. Mr. Fretz. Uh, apologies for the way I sound. I'm fighting off just a teensy bit of a bug, but I am on the mend. I got some uh, throat coat tea here in front of me, and I'm feeling well enough to sit here and record an episode of SmackDown from October 2nd, 2003. But first, I'm going to grab that remote control and go grapple surfing, as opposed to channel surfing, to see what else went on in that particular week in the wacky world of pro wrestling. Monday Night Raw from September 29th, 2003, came from the Allstate Arena in Chicago, Illinois. Cue the obligatory CM Punk chants. The Dudley Boys retained the Tag Team Championships against the still-teaming Scott Steiner and Test with Stacey Keebler. Garrison Cade, former and never member of Evolution, Mark Jindrak, and Main Event Maven, also a great YouTube channel now, defeated Rene Dupree, Savant Grandier, and Rob Conway. Just look at them. La Resistance, jobbing to the jobbers. Jim Ross defeated Coachman in an <clears throat> announcing winner plus partners get position country Whipping match. Rolls right off the tongue. Russo, go back to the Fed for a little bit around this time. Or am I imagining things? Because that's a Russo thing. A long-winded match type that's not even a good alliteration. Okay. Uh, Kane beat the Hurricane in less than a minute. Goldberg and Shawn Michaels beat Randy Orton and Ric Flair by DQ. And in the main event, Rob Van Dam defeated Christian in a ladder match to win the Intercontinental title. And I think I remember this match being pretty decent. You know, ladder matches and all that were kind of more commonplace they're on tv more and pay-per-view just as much but yeah this one was pretty darn good uh rob van dam finally getting another singles title you wouldn't hold it for long because uh, there's a certain legend killer a certain viper waiting to get his shot nwa tna pay-per-view number 63 October 1st, 2003, Laz, 
no relation to Taz, beat Don Juan. The franchise, Shane Douglas beat Johnny Hartz. Glenn Gilberti beat Jared Steele. And Chris Saban beat John McChesney in the uh, explosion tapings. Now, John McChesney is a name from back here who was one of those wrestlers who had a very unusual name but was very good in the ring. And I think I remember McChesney being fairly technically sound. So, good on him. Now on to the main impact tapings. Kid Cash and Abyss beat America's Most Wanted. Next Division Champion Michael Shane pinned Jerry Lynn. The Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels beat D'Lo Brown. Sonny Siaki and Ekmo, a.k.a. Umaga, beat Mad Mikey, a.k.a. Crash Holly, and Shark Boy when Ekmo pinned Shark Boy. Now, I'm looking ahead. I think this is... Mad Mikey Crash Holly's last appearance because he would sadly pass away not long after this. R.I.P. Sandman pinned David Young. James Gang, K-Dog, Road Dog, and R-Truth beat the Disciples of the New Church, Vampire, Slash, and Sin via disqualification. Oh, and speaking of Russo, I guess Russo wasn't in the Fed. I was mixing up my years. I thought I was going into a Raw from 2002. Well, I reviewed that already. Oh boy, this bug might be kicking my ass more than I thought. Oh yeah, main event, Jeff Jarrett and Dusty Rhodes beat AJ Styles and Vince Russo when Rhodes pinned Styles. Yeah, TNA was weird. And it would take them a little while to not get weird, but... Okay, speaking of weird, we got Velocity, a favorite show of former guest and future guest down the line again, Kyle from Apron Bump and the RA Era podcast. Bucket list guests. So, Velocity number 72, October 4th, 2003, we got Jamie Noble pinned Shannon Moore. Don O'Hare beat Kevin Kruger. That name sounds familiar. Rhino beat Funaki and... Nunzio is defeated by Rey Mysterio. And now finally, SmackDown, October 2nd, 2003 from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And the intro to SmackDown still features Sean O'Hare, Brian Kendrick, and Nathan Jones, none of whom have been on the show in months. Paul and Taz run down the rest of the show featuring our main event tag team match. Of The Undertaker and Kurt Angle versus John Cena and Brock Lesnar. We hear from Zach Gowan. Also, Charlie Haas versus Chris Benoit. Kicking off the show are the Tag Team Champions. Coming out to the ring in a custom Chevy Lowrider, Eddie Guerrero is going up against Matt Hardy, version 1, for the United States Championship. And today's Matt Facts. That's the keyboard are Matt has had four speeding tickets. That's not a brag, Matt. Also, Matt has gotten out of over 20 speeding tickets. Also, not a brag. And take your ass to traffic school, you careless, reckless idiot. We saw a recap where the champs beat V1 and V2 last week on SmackDown. 
and the post-match beatdown that Chavo was completely unaware of, but we are starting to see a few seeds planted of dissension, smell this, between Los Guerreros. Eddie is uh, selling his ribs, continuing from last week, and we see a sign in the crowd, an Izzy sign. Now, either Izzy Moreno traveled back in time to hold, hold up this sign, or more than likely, it's fans of Kyle's favorite ROH tag team, Special K. Latino Heat stomps a mud hole and walks it dry and risks disqualification for not quite breaking Jimmy Corderas' fast count. A helo into the ring by Eddie is denied by V2, and we get a front suplex on the ropes by V1. A hard Irish whip into the corner. V1 must have held circle or C right. We then see an Eddie stole Zach's leg sign. Okay, that was funny. V1 hits the side effect just as my uh, my cold meds are kicking in, or at least the time that I was writing these notes, I was drinking Buckley's nonstop. V1 with a surfboard modified bone arrow lock that Eddie powers out of with a neckbreaker that made the honky-tonk man cry into his intercontinental title. Man, Buckley's frets is pretty fun. Hold that. Have to get some Buckley's. <laughs> While it's not quite a Kevin Spencer cough syrup blackout, that's a deep-cut Canadian cartoon reference. Seriously, DNB if you got that reference, and I might just have to buy you a piece of our merch because nobody knows what that show is. In 2023, uh, V1 hits the World's Strongest Slam on Eddie, who responds with the Three Amigos. The Frog Splash is denied, but V1 hits a superplex from Brett's rope, the most dangerous rope. V1, of course, then obliges with the Brett's rope. Oh, leg drop, but that is denied with an Eddie Guerrero, her and Conrana. A side effect into a crucifix pin for a quick, not a quick, but a very close Two count. Chavo pro provides a distraction. V2, Shannon Moore, tries to use the U.S. title as a weapon. And then V1 has it in his hands. And, of course, we get the classic. Eddie goes down, grabs his head. The, the cheat of lie, cheat, and steal. But that distraction <laughs> allows Chavo to nail V1 with the tag team title. Krug, Eddie Guerrero. He feels froggy and retains the, the U.S. title in this match. I forget he's a double champion, but as we see something set up later in the show, it is not going to be for much longer. Emphasis on the word show. Get it? Because it's it, it, it's a big show. Like, come on, we all know this. We see a vignette for Bradshaw has a book. No, really, Bradshaw... The beer-drinking, cigar-smoking, man-for-hire has a book. Have more money now. We have Black Hair Bradshaw on the cover, despite the fact that he has been JBL-esque Bradshaw on TV for the past several months. Or 
Black Hair Bradshaw, a.k.a. Uh, the last time Bradshaw was it was any good. The last time Bradshaw was relevant because JBL was the worst character transformation in the history of WWE. There I said it. JBL was shit. But the cover of his book makes him look like a black-haired Yosemite Sam in a tux. It's kind of a funny visual. We see another vignette for... WrestleMania 20 tickets are on sale at MSG. Big ticket sale party. Bunch of people doing the going to WrestleMania. Woo! Now, I don't think I'm going to make it to Philly next year. I know. I can hear the disappointment in all three of your voices. Unless someone gives me a ticket and a plane ride ticket as well, then maybe I'll make it out to Philly. Or someone from Canada who can go with me and drive me and stuff. Anyways, backstage, Josh Matthews catches up with John Cena, wearing the master lock around his neck, inspiring a young Chris Masters in developmental. Hmm, I wonder what I can do with a master lock. Matthews says that John Cena did some dope rhymes last week, and he patronizes he kind of makes fun of matthews saying like yo you got street cred no man you just sound like kurt angle and says that he's gonna do things the american way by himself backstage eddie and chavo have a chat and the big show pops up here and the big show says i don't like your kind so he doesn't like hispanics that's Kind of prejudice, Big Show. That's that's not nice. But the Big Show does like Mexican food, like burritos and enchiladas and tacos. And then he takes both of the Guerreros out. Chavo screams at, not screams at, he gives out to Eddie saying, you know, you did nothing to the Big Show. Where's that Latino heat? And then, just like that, Eddie snaps, slams him to a wall and says, I'll show you Latino heat. Down, essay. I'm not the one who should be coming down. But and then Chavo, of course, it's a big smirk across his face because he knows that Eddie is going to be cooking something up here and cook up something he does. Our next match is the APA, always pounding ass. I will never forget that T-shirt as long as I live. Against the Bashams. Probably also pounding ass. And it's kind of crazy that I only realized this, I think, I think it was thanks to the Ruthless Aggression podcast that these two Bashams, Doug and Danny, aren't actually brothers. It kind of blew me away when I heard this, but I guess they came into developmental together and one or both of them decided to shave their head. And someone's like, holy crap, you guys look alike. We're going to give you the twin magic gimmick. And this match is probably a wrestler's court beef that gets uh, put on TV so the vets can push around the new guys. APA hit the 3DB, the back suplex neckbreaker, a move that won them the tag team championships in 1999, A may add. JBL does the sack of shit, a.k.a. the last call, a.k.a. the whatever Scott Hall called it. 
Shaniqua gets a cheap shot in here, and, and Danny rams JBL into the post. And then the guys here work over JBL and have the mild hot tag to Ron Simmons. And if I were to, like the Attitude Era podcast, rate this with a with a sauce, it's an A1 steak sauce hot tag. But then Farouk hits a spine buster. We get a ref bump. Shaniqua kicks JBL and the Bashams hit the... I can't believe they called their move this. The ball and gag. A Russian leg sweep, clothesline combo, and the Bashams win. Afterwards, JBL beats a woman. Clothesline from hell on Shaniqua. And payoff that this gets... Oh boy. Uh... Yeah, the, the, the payoff that this gets at No Mercy is something else. If you know, you know. But in a couple of weeks, I'm reviewing No Mercy 03 with Nate. And I'm already looking forward to the rant that him and I are going to get into <laughs> as a result of this. Oh, boy, man. Classic G GCP shenanigans are afoot. Next up, we have Chris Benoit versus Carly Haas. A-Train is on commentary in his wrestling gear. Shirtless, boots, knee pad, everything. As is tradition. I always thought this was weird. If there was going to be a wrestler on guest commentary who was in their gear, you either already knew that there was going to be an angle in this match, or it's just a trope. And I always thought it was really, really funny. Like at SummerSlam 2000 when Jerry Lawler beat Taz, he stayed, I think, in his singlet or at least like shirtless for a good chunk of the night. Well, those bright lights at the wrestling shows, they're hot as hell. I mean, I was under like a portion of them when I was at Dynamite last year and I swept my face off just sitting there doing nothing. Like they are trecho, uh, picante. That's the only languages I know how to say hot in. Leave me alone. A-Train says, Benoit will not get behind me. So we're just done with praising, right? That's not a thing anymore? Thank you, Sterling. Yeah, um, praising much? You see a lot of great Matt and technical wrestling between the two here. A-Train promises to ground and pound Chris Benoit. Praising? We see a bunch of submission and technical reversals between these two in a lot of rest holds. Benoit has the German suplex, and then Haas tries to lock in the Haas of pain, but Benoit reaches the ropes. Benoit gets the Northern Lariat and a German suplex on Haas. He locks in the sharpshooter, as per Canadian law, but Haas also reaches the ropes. Haas hits an overhead belly-to-belly -belly that drops Benoit right on his head, Benoit locks in the crossface, but Albert comes into the ring here and causes the disqualification. He beats Benoit down and presses A and B in no mercy and hits the crossface on Benoit himself. And Benoit has a visual tap out. We see an advertisement for Lita's A Road Less Traveled book. And road is acronymed for some reason, and I did not bother to look into why or what. That is, no offense, Lita. 
Vince McMahon walks to the ring here next, and we see a sign that says, Waparka equals ratings. No lies detected here. The chairman should hire the chairman. Vince offers Stephanie a second chance. Second chance to come out here and quit. Vince, you're about to lose your second chance in TKO group holdings. So he asks Stephanie to come out to the ring to quit. And he calls the the audience in Milwaukee tonight also a bunch of quitters. Stephanie comes out here and she says no. No means no, Vince. I won't change the title match at No Mercy. And I won't quit. Vince says, yes, you will. At No Mercy, I will make you say, I quit. I quit. Oh, we're going to get an over the intercom Mankind World Rumble 99 bit here, aren't we? Except now you have to go back in time and AI Stephanie McMahon saying, I quit. I quit over and over again over the intercom. And go from there. Still one of the most uncomfortable moments in wrestling history was Rumble 99. And I don't know if I can go back and review that when I get to the Attitude Era. But Vince has a caveat here. He has an extra little nugget for Stephanie. When you say I quit at no mercy, not only will you quit that man. You will be quitting your job as general manager on SmackDown. When it is here that I'm noticing that. Okay, first off, in the words of Mr. YLP, I am just a man. I am merely just a man. But Stephanie's breasts at this point in time are comically large, like almost like too big, almost you have to get breast reduction surgery or else you'll throw out your back existing. Just, I got a bad back and I'm a, I mean, I'm a dude. I got man boobs, but seeing that makes my back just go out. That's Triple H. I know you got a type, but Steph, just my goodness. Uh, Stephanie says that we don't have to have this match. And Vince McMahon says, Oh, yes, you do, because you are defying me, and nobody defies Vince McMahon, not even my own flesh and blood. Nobody. And Vince McMahon takes us back through memory lane, doing a little bit of gaslighting, a little bit of uh, guilt tripping. Like, I remember holding you as an infant, holding you tenderly as a toddler. Like, I remember your first bike ride and all your dance recitals. And you want me to throw all this away and crush daddy's little girl and leave her a bloody... Vince, what the fuck, man? Ooh, I mean, I can't do my classic Vince impression because I'm sick, but I'm glad I can't with this. Just my... God, this is twisted. And... He be then just gets this look on his face. It's like, I I think I'm capable like of 
doing this, of, of beating down his adult daughter. Oh, how is this going to affect me? How, my God. Uh, and then he just kind of snaps, saying that at no mercy, uh, I will strike down the face of defiance, being Stephanie. Sable, it's like, I, uh, sorry here, <clears throat> let me start this again. Sable tells Vince not to think of Stephanie as your own daughter, but a disrespectful bitch. So, a man should physically abuse if someone's being a disrespectful bitch. That's a message for, for the kids, Vince. Yikes. And then Stephanie, as is tradition, tells Sable to go do what you do best. Go to the men's locker room and lay flat on your back. A passing Brock Lesnar will say, I'll take that, thank you very much. And then Vince grabs Stephanie by her hair, picks her up, and body slams her. And before he can do any further abuse, the Undertaker bolts to the ring, confronts Vince, he punches him, goes for the goozle, but Brock Lesnar makes the save, and Stephanie just has this horrified, traumatized, tear-filled look in her face that her own father would physically abuse her the way that he did. Wow. Just, just wow. I'm going to need a minute. Big Show is backstage, and a stereotypical Cheech Marin cosplaying Mexican food delivery man has burritos for Eddie Guerrero. But the big show is like, well, Eddie's not here. I'll take these off of him here. Let me eat one of these and spit it into it. And then you give him this. Get it? Because big show is fat and they want him to lose weight. So... They humiliate him, and I'm going to need another minute, okay? Just, just just, bear with me, okay? Okay, I needed to spritz the beef ribs, so I made up this concoction of beef broth, apple juice, hot honey, brown sugar, right on the beef ribs. I'm going to cover them soon. They're going to taste good. Okay, I need a palate cleanser. Speaking of palate cleansers, those beef ribs are going to be amazing. And we cut Tajiri versus Billy Kidman for the Cruiserweight Championship. Thank the wrestling gods. Not JBL. You are a wrestling fraud. You suck. Tajiri has a standing key lock on Billy for a good while. And then Tajiri lands some kicks and mockingly bows to the crowd, going back into the key lock. But Kidman then hits a stratisfaction. Tajiri hits another kick. And gets a tornado DDT that is reversed into a BK bomber by Billy. The tarantula. And the buzzsaw kick is reversed into a drop kick. We then see a bit where Billy is whipped into the corner. Almost a ref bump. And there was a blind low blow. Referee didn't really see it. It was like a mule kick from behind. 
buzzsaw kick, and still cruiserweight champion Tajiri bowing to the crowd mockingly again. And next up, we got the Big Show versus the Juice, Orlando Jordan. Big Show's uh, grabbing his gut. He's, uh, something's not sitting well. He's grabbing his stomach. And OJ is, of course, going for said gut. Well, Big Show is pulling the half the trust of fart face. Big Show is growing a tail. He's pushing cloth. The brown snake is playing peekaboo. He has to poop. Okay, he Big Show's got to drop a massive Big Show, and he runs. He runs to the back, clenching his cheeks in the "I am going for the photo finish here, Lois." I'm gone. We've all done it, folks. We've all done it. As soon as we smell our morning coffee, it's just. It's the friggin' Flash. And then backstage, we hear awful toilet noises. Big Show is uh, in the stall. And because he is so big, he's much bigger than the stall. His feet are way out. He ate those tainted burritos. And Eddie is just like, oh, that's a stinks in here. And, bottle and blah, blah, blah. He, he steals the toilet paper. And then to add insult to injury. He kicks the stall door onto the Big Show while he is still in mid-dump. God rest your soul, Eddie, but man, you're a prick. You don't kick a man while he has his pants down. Like, come on. Big Show had it coming, but still. You gotta do it a different way. No toilet humor in WWE. A lot of people hate scatological humor, but... I love it. I love scatological humor, poop jokes, fart jokes. I'm almost 40 and I still love them. Sue me. We then see Zach Gowan live via satellite. And he says, well, I'm feeling better than the big show. I'm not 100%. But then again, I've never been. He says that he's tired of sympathy and talking. You know, he was Hoyed down a flight of stairs by Brock Lesnar. He was F5'd on the ring post, writing him off for a while. He says, no, I'm done with the talking. I want to get back in the ring. And I'm returning on SmackDown next week. See you then, Michael Cole. And now, the main event of the evening. Cena and Brock versus Angle and Taker. John Cena raps, and I've been kind of tuning them out a little bit, but he has a thing where he said he likens Kurt Angle to making out with a hot chick and finding out that she's a dude. You just, you're not red, white, and blue. You're red, white, and blow. And much like the Big Show's diarrhea, you can't stop my shit. Subway presents No Mercy. How can I make a joke about Jared Fogler and No Mercy? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going there. I'm not touching that. No, just no. Um, the last time I had Subway, it showed no mercy on my insides, much like the big show. There it is. And I see a sign on the crowd, and I don't know if it says dead man walking or dead man wanking. Oh, man, the, the cold medication was kicking in when I was taking these notes. 
we hear a USA chant for a ring full of Yanks. Seriously, America, just... <sighs> Cena is getting beat down here. Uh, Taker hits the old school on Cena. Angle with a spagingo. Ding! Back body drop onto Cena. And Brock is hitting cheap, hitting cheap shots from the apron, doing very little at first. After a commercial break, Lesnar gets the trash compactor power slam onto, I believe it was Angle. Yeah, Angle is getting worked over here. He fires back. Taker hits the hot tag, going wild. Hits the goosle on Cena, but it is broke by Brock Lesnar before he can hit the choke slam. Brock with a spine buster on Taker, a hot tag into Kurt Angle, who takes everyone to Suplex City, gets the straps down. That means we're in for business. John Cena has a chain in his hand, and Kurt goes for the ankle lock. Cena then, behind the referee's back, there's a bit of a schmoz going around here. Gang gang shot on the Kurt Angle, and the heels win. Afterwards, Brock Lesnar goes to beat down The Undertaker, but choke slams the beast through the table to close the show. And that is going to do it for this week, folks. Thank you very much for listening to, to this show. If you've made it this far, congratulations. Again, apologies for the quality of my voice. Fighting off this bug, but at least it's my day off. I can rest. I can fire up some PS5, watch some other wrestling, and just relax. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Whenever I'm posting, it's getting few and far in between now. At Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. I'm also on threads. I might start going on threads a little bit more because Twitter X is uh, kind of a dumpster fire. Also listen to the rest of our shows on WrestleAddict Radio. Say it with me, kids. The cure for the common wrestling podcast. We got Brace for Impact with my good brother Nate, the effing great, going through... I think he's starting the main event mafia storyline now in TNA, and this is something I want to sink my teeth into. We also have the Kings of the Rings podcast streaming every Wednesday night. King Ricky Rose, our esteemed general manager, Willie T, and of course, Agent K Murphy, K Fabe, whatever nickname we should bestow upon them. And although he's on a break right now, I want to send my love to Mr. YLP, and soon we'll be kicking off our weekends in proper YLP fashion, as is tradition. So until next time, folks, TTFN, ta-ta for now, and keep your stick on the ice. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.